If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxadeo Fichard Park, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. So you would agree with me that one of the worst feelings in the world is the feeling of being boxed in, right? If you have a big personality like me, you know that one of the worst things that can happen to you as an individual is if people box you in and they don't give you space to be who you are, right? To bring your whole self. One of the worst feelings is being caged like this. So I'm going to try my best to stay in this cage tonight, but I can already sense the frustration building because my personality type works like this. If I see a line, I want to cross it. Okay, and just because you told me I'm not allowed to do it, I want to do it even more, okay? But I'm going to try my best not to cross this line of the parameters around me, and I'm going to explain why. But you would agree with me that sometimes in life, right, we feel boxed in. We feel pressured. We feel caged in. I feel a little bit squashed when it comes to my life. It feels like I don't have a lot of breathing space. I don't have a lot of space to live in freedom, to enjoy the space around me. A good example of this would be in the area of our finances, right? So just imagine for a moment that this block that I am caged in for tonight, just imagine that this is your monthly income. This is your salary. This is your bursary. This is your NSFAS allowance. This is the pocket money that your parents give you. And all of us, however big your block might be, but that is exactly how God wanted it because he's entrusted you with certain things. But most of us would agree that when it comes to our finances, we feel a little bit constricted, right? We feel a little bit like I don't have space. I'm a little bit squashed. I'm a little bit spread too thinly. I'm a little bit worried. I don't have as much freedom that I would want. What I have available does not cover the responsibility, the load, or even just the fun and the pleasure that I indulge in. We would admit that easily when it comes to our finances. And I want to invite you, if you're there, where you go, currently I am not in control of my finances, but my finances are in control of me, okay? It's like a big thing sitting on top of me, literally crushing the air out of my lungs. If that's you, and if you want to actually start a journey of discipleship on how to steward your finances well, and how to budget well, and how to plan, and how to actually get out and not just barely survive, but how to live in free when it comes to your finances, we've got an incredible discipleship opportunity for you called the Money Matters course. It's actually this Tuesday evening. You can register online for that or at our info desk. But this is going to be about how do I treat my finances? How do I handle my finances in such a way that I can live in freedom, that I can have breathing space and so that my finances don't crush the freedom out of me. It doesn't crush the life out of me. So if that's you, make sure you register for that. Another example would be our time, right? Last week we spoke a little bit about this. So imagine for a moment that this block that I'm caged in tonight is your 24 hours in a day 
or your seven days in a week. So all of us have the same block when it comes to that, right? No one has more than 24 hours in a day. If you do, that's cool. Like teach the rest of us how you do that. But all of us have 24 hours, seven days a week, but most of us would admit that when it comes to our time, I feel a little bit squashed. <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting to everything that I'm supposed to get to. I'm a little bit burnt out. I don't have space. I'm worried. I'm spread thinly. There are just so many things in my calendar that I am filled with anxiety. I don't feel like I'm winning at life when it comes to just time management, right? Most of us would admit that that is where we are. Tonight, I want to invite you to imagine that this block that I am in tonight represents your capacity when it comes to your relationships, the people around you, okay? Your capacity to love, your capacity to serve, your capacity to engage with people. Imagine for tonight that this is that, okay? This block that I'm in is that relational capacity of yours. And I'm willing to bet that most of us would also admit that when it comes to our relational capacity, I feel a little bit squashed. How do you know if you're in trouble when it comes to your relational capacity? Quickly answer these few questions. Do you feel that a lot of your relationships are shallow or superficial? Like nobody really knows the real me, you know? I'm not really, I can't really be myself with the people around me because they won't accept me. They won't understand me. You know, they won't get me. If that is yes to you, then you might be in a little bit of trouble when it comes to your relational capacity. Ask yourself this. Do you constantly feel lonely even though you are surrounded by a lot of people? You feel like I'm in a room full of a bunch of people but I'm alone. No one really sees me. No one really gets me. If you're answering yes to that, then you might be in a little bit of trouble when it comes to your relational capacity. Ask yourself this question. Do you feel that you don't have the capacity to meet new people? You're like, I'm barely getting to the people I know right now. And now you're asking me to social in church with someone else that has a name tag. Like, I can't do that, okay? I literally don't have the capacity, okay? My friend group is full. But if someone drops out, I'll let you know, okay? Because then we can replace that person. If you're answering yes to that, then you might need, you should get more friends, but you might be in a little bit of trouble when it comes to your relational capacity. If you feel, I don't have space for other people in my life. I'm barely getting to the people that I know now. We have to schedule, you know, get togethers months in advance. Like, and you want me to go and meet new people. Hi, Myanmar. And then the last one, ask yourself this. Do you find yourself in a space where you feel numb? towards the pain and the brokenness of people around you. You see brokenness on the streets every day, begging at the traffic stop. You see brokenness in your hostel, your workspace, people that are going through difficult times, and you feel that in you, man, 
I see this person is really going through a very difficult time, but I'm also going through a difficult time. I'm barely getting to myself. You know, I'm barely in a space where I can figure out my own issues, my own trouble that I'm working through, and now you want me to actually engage in with other people and their issues. I can't. And I'm a little bit numb towards the problems of others. You might be in a space, my friend, where your relational capacity is completely full of other things that shouldn't be there, which we'll get to in a second, or you're just so empty and you don't even know it. And what we want to do tonight is I want to journey through three quick ideas. I want us to journey through the idea of what steals from my relational capacity, what fills this space that shouldn't be here, what drains my relational capacity, what drains my ability to engage with others, what drains my ability to love others, what drains my ability to serve others and to be a blessing to others and to engage with them. We want to speak about what, what drains me. We want to speak about why. Why? Why should I make space when it comes to my relationships? Why should I steward this, this capacity that God has given me to be a relational person? And FYI, if you're thinking this is not applicable to you because I'm an introvert, you know, I don't want to engage. I'm fine then yes, you're allowed to be an introvert, but you are an introvert made in the image of God and who God is at his very core is relational because he's three in one. He's got the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. This eternal relationship working and functioning and blessing and honoring one another and you're made in that image. So whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, this is applicable to you. We're gonna speak about why. Why should I steward my capacity? And then lastly, who needs to be in this space with me? When I consider my capacity to love, my capacity to serve, my capacity to engage with those around me, who should be in this space and who should not be? So we're going to talk about the what, the why, and the who. So firstly, what steals from my relational capacity? Because there are things that take up space. Okay, if this is my relational capacity, there are things that I unnecessarily allow in this space and then it steals from me. And those things are unresolved tensions and unmet needs. What do I mean by that? Unresolved tensions like unforgiveness. Now I'm made in the image of God. I have been created with this incredible godlike capacity in me to love others, to serve others, to be a blessing, to engage. But now someone hurts me. Someone offends me. Someone does something to me and suddenly I allow unforgiveness in this space and it takes up a lot of room, right? It takes up a lot of room. Other things that take up a lot of room when it comes to your relational capacity, things like anxiety. Now I'm worried. I'm worried about my studies. I'm worried about that relationship of mine. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about the potholes. I'm worried about the electricity because we don't have any. I'm worried about where the country is going. And I'm so worried about everything around me that I don't have the capacity anymore to love people because it's full. It's full of worry and anxiety. 
Conflict is another good one. I have a disagreement with someone and we don't resolve it. And now that lingers in this space of mine and it steals from my ability to love others. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says the following, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. If I could paraphrase that, I would say dwelling on it steals your ability to love others. It steals space in this capacity that God has given you. It steals space from the image that you are made in, which is a relational image. You see, we become numb towards the pain and brokenness of others if I have unresolved tensions taking up space in my heart, (laughs) taking up space where I'm actually called to be a blessing, where I'm called to live out my God-like purpose, where I'm called to actually be in relationship with Jesus, but now I am so constricted, I am so caged in by my unforgiveness, my anger, my apathy, my whatever is stealing your capacity at this moment, unresolved tensions. The second one is unmet needs. We all have needs, let's admit that. At the very core of who we are, each one of us has a desire to belong somewhere, right? I want to know I fit in somewhere. I'm safe somewhere. I am loved somewhere. I can be vulnerable somewhere. People will accept me regardless of who I am, what I've done, where I come from. Now, the problem is when we go looking for all of these really incredibly good needs that we have, if we go looking for them outside of Jesus, then we start filling this block of ours with a whole bunch of unnecessary things. I start filling this block of mine with how many likes my photo gets, because that determines how much I love people. If I know people love me, I will love them back. I start filling this with success and with, you know, one degree and another degree and one job and another promotion and another bump in my salary. I start looking for things that will determine how much I then engage with others. But it's in Jesus, this block, this capacity of mine to love others and to be a blessing to others. If this isn't firstly and foremost, filled to the brim with Jesus himself, it'll always be an unmet need. Always. Psalm 107 verse 9 says the following, He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. You see, when when these needs of mine, the very good needs of wanting to be accepted, wanting to belong somewhere, wanting to be safe, When those needs are not met within me, it sucks out from my ability to love others because I don't feel loved, right? If I don't feel loved, it's hard for me to love others. If I don't feel accepted, it's hard for me to accept others. If I am not in a good space when it comes to what God has given me and how he has put me together, then my friend, it's going to be really hard for us to extend that to others, Making space in my relationships, firstly, 
It means that I make space for Jesus in my own life. I make space for him to work in me. And this leads me to why, the why. Let's talk about the why. This leads me to why it is so crucial for us to steward this well. You know, if God has given me the capacity and the ability and the calling and the purpose, you know, to love others, to be a blessing, to engage with them, to live an open life, then I need to steward this well because otherwise I will end up in a space where I feel constricted, where I feel burnt out, where I feel I literally don't have space for people in my life. I'm sorry, my friend group is full or I'm too tired or I'm too busy or I'll get to loving people once the exams are over. Before the exams, I don't love people because I need to study, but after the exams, then I love people, you know, because then I have space and time you know, or before this deadline in my job, I can't love people because I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, I'm spread thin, I'm burnt out. But after that, then, that's what happens when we don't steward this ability of ours, this capacity that God has given us, when we don't steward it well. And the reason why we need to steward it well is there's two things. Because God desires to do something in you and he desires to do something through you. He desires to do something in you. And he desires to do something through you. God desires to have intimate, loving communion with you. And he needs space to do that. If this relational capacity of mine is filled to the brim with worry, with anxiety, with unforgiveness, with whatever, then where should God find a space? <laughs> you see, he firstly desires to come and do something in you. He desires community with you. He desires fellowship with you. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus is speaking He's speaking to his disciples and he says, if anyone loves me, they'll obey me. But then he says, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. You see, God desires to fill this space of yours completely, totally, fully, because it's only once he starts working in you, firstly, that he can actually start working through you. So my question is this, if you're feeling you don't have space, you don't have space for new people. You're struggling to get to the current people in your life. You're struggling with building relationships. You're struggling with engaging with people. Your relationships feel shallow or you feel alone even though you're surrounded by people or you feel numb to the pain and brokenness of those around you. Can I suggest it might be because there's a problem with the infilling of God in you, right? Because it's only once he works in me that he can and will and wants to work through me. That's why I need to take note of this. That's why I need to take note of where is my capacity currently? Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to, you know, deal with the anxiety in my heart? Do I need to go to that friend, you know, and speak about that conflict? Do I need to end that toxic relationship that is stealing from my capacity for God to work in me and through me? That's why we need to steward this. Take note of it. Think about it. 
steward it well. Second thing, God desires to do something through you. I said this at the start, and I'm going to say it again after we ended worship, but God has an agenda. Did you know that? He has an agenda currently. He has a purpose and a plan currently. He's seated on the throne. Everything's under his control, but he has an agenda. And God's agenda at this moment, friend, is his glory. Making it known, establishing it, displaying it. His agenda is to take what's broken and restore it. His agenda is to take those that are lost and save them into a family. His agenda is to take injustice and make it right. And do you know his vehicle for doing that? It's not the angels. They're all in heaven worshiping Jesus. If it were the angels, then they would be running around in the streets, like filling potholes and, you know, speaking with people. Just imagine that for a second, like Angel Gabriel, like filling a pothole, you know, covering it or picking up trash in the parky or whatever. But his agenda is not run through the angels. His agenda for loving people out of darkness into light is you and me. Could you tell the person next to you, you are God's agenda. Just tell them that. You are God's agenda. And now my question is, is if this capacity of yours, if this ability to love and serve and engage of yours is numb, is filled with unforgiveness, pain, brokenness, apathy, whatever you want to call it, then God cannot work through you. Do you have to be perfect? No. Do you have to have it all figured out? No. Do you have to be a level 10 Christian? No. But do you maybe need to create some space when it comes to your relational capacity? John 13 verse 35, Jesus again is saying, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's God working through you. He firstly works in me and then he works through me. Lastly, who then needs to fill this? What things can I put in place so that my relational capacity can actually be a tool in the hand of God for him to use me, for him to have loving communion with me, but for him to also be able to flow through me? Two quick thoughts, but we're speaking about a vertical kind of idea and a horizontal idea. The vertical one I've already mentioned, that's God working in you, firstly. He first needs to fill this capacity of yours to the brim because you can't fill this yourself. You can steward what's in it. You can make space. You can arrange things inside. But when it comes to the filling of your ability to love, you won't be able to conjure that up out of yourself. That is God that needs to work in you. It's a vertical working. But then there's also a horizontal working. That's the working out. That's the work God working through me. And when it comes to then, if I'm, if I'm now stewarding this, this capacity that God has given me, who or what needs to fill this space so that this capacity of mine can serve God, can glorify God, can be a blessing unto Jesus? Two quick ideas, very practical things, and this is what we're going to end with. Mentors and community. What do I mean? By this. Let's read Hebrews 13, verse 7 together. It says, Remember your leaders 
who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So we've spoken about what's inside this capacity of mine that I have a grip on, you know, that I can arrange or let go when it's unforgiveness or anger or apathy or whatever. But now we need to speak about what can I put in? What can I put in place so that this capacity of mine can glorify God? And the first thing is I want to ask, whose faith can you imitate? Consider, do you have people in your life that you can look up to when it comes to their faith in Jesus? Do you have someone like that, that you are connecting to, that you are allowing to speak the truth of God into your life? Am I saying all of us need to have like a pastor on call, you know, like speed dial Eugene or speed dial Yaku, the worship leader? No, that's not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about small practical things that you can put in place. And this is an incredibly helpful, healthy one to put in place. Have someone whose life, whose faith you can observe and go, I'm learning from this person. I'm allowing this person to speak into me. I'm allowing this person to mold me and to shape me. They've been around longer than what I've been around. They've seen things that I haven't seen. They've experienced things in the faith and in the Christian journey that I have yet to experience and I'm learning from this person. Do you have someone like that? Secondly, and we'll end with this, community. Yo, there are few things as life-giving to a Christian than community. Personal relationship with Jesus is so important. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's so crucial to have your own unique, loving union with Jesus. But my friend, if you're not connected to brothers and sisters that are walking the walk with you, you won't grow into the things God has for you. It's as simple as that. With this, I want you to ask yourself, do you have Christian brothers and sisters around you that are championing your faith, your journey with God, people that are figuring out faith and life with you, people that are walking the Christian walk with you, people that are doing life with you, people that are encouraging to you, building you up, calling out the things, the plans, and the purpose that God has in your life. Do you have people like that? And then the flip side, are you someone like that? Because remember, it's God working in me. He fills my relational capacity with himself. And it's because he fills this capacity of mine that I am able to love others, to be a blessing to others, to engage with the, the pain and the shame and the guilt and the brokenness around me. It's because he works in me firstly, but he also works through me. And he works through me via the people sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron. So one person's, so one person sharpens another. Hebrews 10 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see 
the day approaches. You know what steals from my capacity when it comes to this last thought of community? Excuses. Excuses like, I'm too busy for community. I just don't have time. It steals from the capacity that God has built into you. It takes away from what God is actually wanting to do. And actually, you don't realize it, but you're either so full, so constricted, so pressed in that there's no space, or you're so empty and you don't even know it. But God desires to fill this for you and to have good things in place so that your ability to love and your ability to serve and be a blessing. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.